we haven't really mentioned anything about it during this podcast. And as me and uh, you know, Papa Intermission know more about European football, I'm going to ha- hand it off to Julian here to host this segment because we got two interesting games that, you know, Copa America football is very different than, than uh, Euro Cup. And they got a whole different class of talents down there. And they got, it's, it's nothing to write home about. A lot of people write, like, ignore the Copa America because, you know, I guess the Euro Cup has, you know, the more flashy, popular way of football. and The better looking. Football. Um, but the but the uh, but the Copa America is like nitty gritty skills, aggressive, physical. It's a whole. It's like a whole, watching a whole different sport. It's the yet. WWE of football sometimes. And, and there and I've been tuning in for these last few games, and my word, have I been impressed? I'm uh, Julian. I'm just gonna let, let you let you talk about these semifinals and, and and start us off. So one thing I do want to point out right now, as someone from South America, I will be a bit more biased. However. These guys are European, so they're also biased towards European football. So it comes down to that perspective. However, for me in general, European football is how, – how do I put it? They're like the it's older brother that got all the yeah. good grades and all the attention and, like, <laughs> doesn't have to, like, fight for anything. And Copa America and South America is, like, the younger brother that's, like, ridiculous, crappy, and always has something to prove. The, the, way, the way I see is more like – the way that people play the sport is the way that they live their lives. I feel like it's very representative of the culture of each country. Like I said, the difference between North American and South American, not North American, European and South American football in this situation is just how the play style is very representative of the people, you know, countries in South America, the fact that most countries there are third world country. I think every country in South America is classified as a third world country the way that the people are, they're scrappy, they're hungry, they're aggressive, they're gritty. And you can see that with how they play. They'll try to dominate you physically. They'll just be pushing you shoulder to shoulder, bumper to bumper. Like, it's just very aggressive style. And then you'll see, like, guys like Neymar. You'll see guys like Hamas for uh, Colombia. You'll see guys like Lionel Messi that just have that brilliance, you know? They, they, they can play gritty as well. We've seen Messi play gritty if he wants to. He'll lower his shoulder. He'll push some dudes around. There was a run against Colombia where he just shrugged off two defenders. And it wasn't like he was doing skills. He just physically told them, get off me. And that's what shrugged he did. two right? of them off like it was five foot six guy shrugging them off like it was nothing. Exactly. Like what I'm saying is like. That was Davis and Sanchez too. Yeah, too. Like what I'm saying is like defender. the size of the players, the way that they play, it's a very different brand to European football. So I also feel like it's not as marketable. But if you're a true football fan and you sit down and you're like, you know what? I want to watch Copa America. As Patrick said, you will be very entertained because it's a very different type of brand. What I find all around. What I find interesting about Copa America is like, look at a team like Argentina or look at a team like Colombia. Sometimes they'll leave the superior player from a European league out of the squad or on the bench and play a guy who fits that manager's play style better. That's from a local league. Argentina does it sometimes. They'll keep Columbia guys does from it South America time. in. Colombia does it. Um, Brazil, not as much because Brazil has just so many players around Europe. They can't even fit anyone, all of them in the squad. But still, Brazil still started a guy from a local club um, in, their, in, their, in their semifinal game, I believe. So whereas um, you're, looking at, you're looking at a team in Europe, sometimes they only have one guy – like, like Switzerland will only have one guy from the Swiss mm-hmm. league on their team. And that guy just transferred to the Bundesliga today, uh, Stefan Wiedler. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it, I definitely enjoy watching Copa America for that aspect where we see guys that we 
we might not necessarily watch as often because they're not playing in a European league, but the football is just as brilliant. So yeah, going from there, I'm just going to go right into the games because you mentioned Brazil. You mentioned how they have so many people playing. I want you to sit down and ask a person who watches solely European football to name a player on the Peruvian national. Carrillo. Doesn't Edinson Flores play for Peru? Correct. Exactly. See, like, you guys sat down. You guys watched these games. You've been able to recognize these games. One of my favorite players is Lapadula. He's amazing. Paulo Guerrero, very famous with how he plays. The fact that he's very, very aggressive with his play style. Like, there's a couple players here and there that you'll recognize, but many people won't know guys from these teams, you know? Like, they're not – most of these guys are playing in the Peruvian League. How many times are you watching the Peruvian League a year? Probably zero. Let's, let's keep it a buck. Like, it. even I don't watch the Peruvian League. The only time I see these dudes is when they play – uh, in South American qualifiers, but the game ended 1-0. Brazil dominated at the start of the game. They did very, very well. They scored early. Lucas Paqueta has been stellar for the Brazilians this tournament. Like, he has oh, been yeah. really good. He scored from the win. Scored, scored against Chile in a very controversial goal, but in the end, it was still very solid. Chilean's still relatively salty for it. I don't blame him. And Paqueta also scored against Peru. You know, the heavens opened up, and he just slaughtered it away. You know, I feel like Pacata, if he was called up for Spain, he'd be a better and more efficient striker than what Murata has been for them, especially if you've seen the way he's been finishing so far the tournament. Mm-hmm. But in the second half, Peru in the first half were playing about uh, where they were playing a back five and it was just not working. They changed to a, a back four. They get one more guy attacking. They changed how they were approaching the game. And Peru was all over Brazil. Like guys you'd never heard of would just be pushing and attacking. And Brazil just didn't know how to cope with it at times. They got very lucky that the ball didn't find the back of the net against Peru, but Peru had all the momentum in that second half. Brazil goes into the final, and in a sense, on paper, everyone's going to be saying, like, this Brazil team's unstoppable. I mean, I don't blame them. You see the likes of Neymar, you see uh, Gabriel Jesus, you see the guy who went back to Brazil from Europe that most people consider a flop now, but he's been great this tournament in Gabigol, in uh, Gabriel Barbosa. He's been very solid. In goal, they have either Allison or Ederson, and then in the back, Thiago Silva and Marquinhos have both been absolute stalwarts. Like, they have a very good team on paper. Mm-hmm. But if you see their results, they churned out barely a 1-0 win against Chile in a result that if you watch the game, you can make the case that Chile deserved to win. And then you go back um, like when they played Peru, also only a 1-0 win in a ridiculously close game. So you could be saying, is, is Brazil really there? They're gonna be, they were going to be facing either Colombia or Argentina, and now they're facing Argentina for sure. And you can, you can say both of them have better teams and have been playing collectively a lot better than the likes of Chile and Peru. So that's why it's very, very interesting to look in that way. Going into the next game, obviously, being Argentina-Colombia, that was also – that was the game that got the headlines out of Copa America solely yeah. because of what happened in that penalty shootout. But if you watch the game as a whole – Argentina scored really early. Messi shows what he does again. The fact that he can see people that no one can see. Got a beautiful pass. Great little sat it right in front of Lautaro Martinez. All he had to do was slot it, and he did. Colombia played well for the majority of the game. And Luis Diaz had another ridiculous finish. He had that bicycle kick against Brazil. Mm-hmm. And then he had that finish against Argentina. Like, he, he should be picked up by Europe. Shameless Colombian plug. Colombian supporting Definitely Colombians. Definitely ones to watch. But like he, I, I love the guy. He deserves a lot better at club level. But if you watch how the game was, Colombia dominated the game when it came to possession and, and handling the ball and everything and maintaining the tempo. But Argentina had the better chances in general. So I felt like the game could have gone either way. I wasn't very angry. Argentina won in that sense. However, the penalty shootout is what everyone's yeah. been talking about. 
Why? Because Emiliano Martinez, again, the he's hero. showing you the difference with the way he approached the penalty kicks. He's showing you the difference between European and South American football because there's not many goalkeepers. You wouldn't see Kasher Schmeichel going up and just talking to someone. I'm going to eat you up, boy. I'm going to save it. I know where you're going. Don't even try thinking different. He, to he me. also I know said a lot going. more explicit things. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of summarizing it, you know, but like the point is in, in South American football, that's just how it is. People will do anything to get in your head because everything's mental and everything's physical. It doesn't come down to the technical aspects of the sport as much. It comes down, can you get physically dominated? Will you get mentally dominated? That's just kind of how it is, in my opinion. In this and situation. then look at the celebrations, too. Like, like Martinez stops, and he starts, you know, doing that uh, air thrusting to the, to, the, to, the, to the sky. Yeah. And then who was the guy in Colombia that oh, scored the, the, and did the, the uh, shuffle thing? That yeah, Borja. Kind of, like, that was a little yeah. weird. <laughs> He, he does that. He just he stands up and then he just goes like, "Can't touch this." He just does this. Like I've never seen people celebrate while being down in a penalty shootout. That takes some freaking balls. And then even yeah. Messi, Messi after after um after, yeah, Messi was think, chatting his I talk. Think, he was talking his he was, talk. Think, We've never I seen. Mina, I think Mina missed, and then he said dan- he started screaming dance like dance now yeah dance, dance like now. dance like that's like. Well, it's it's good to see that that like the fans get to see Messi in a different viewpoint. Messi is a very private person, from from what I've seen. Like, like he, he, Argentinian football, I swear to God, everyone who, <laughs> like I see him in an Argentina jersey, and Messi is Messi's a different guy. Yeah, because like with Barcelona, he's clean cut. He's like that in Argentina. I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys how because most people don't know this because they don't talk about it. Messi's widely considered one of, if not the greatest player of all time for a lot of people that just watch him at club level. In Argentina, Argentinian fans consider him to be ridiculously inferior to Maradona because Maradona brought them two World Cups. Yeah. Mm. And Messi hasn't done anything for them. Even though so when Messi, you see at a Messi club plays, level has been the goat. Superior. Yeah. Well, like the thing you see how Messi plays for Argentina. Yeah. Some games, especially when he was the entire team, when they just couldn't build a team it's what around it looks him. Like. And it was just like Messi needs to do everything and that's it. You know, like if considering the quality that they have, though, like like a lot of their players are from Europe. They do have Lautaro Martinez. They do have Tagliafico. They do have uh, Marcos Di Maria. Uh, Di Maria. Originally, like they've just been like I, I don't know how to put it. It's just yeah. Well, well from that Argentina Colombia game and from the other Argentinian games that I've I've watched in this tournament, Messi looks like the the one that they they look toward to save them every time. Well, like, half, like your, half, to your starting, but... half your starting 11 plays on Europe's biggest clubs. PSG, Barcelona, PSG again, Inter, Ajax, um, obviously Dybala is not there. Ajax, Sevilla, Cagliafico, even Martinez, Martinez he, plays, he plays in the Prem. Mm-hmm. The quality Argentina has... Very high. It's, it's, it's a lot higher than most of the teams in Nicole. South America. Like, mm-hmm. Colombia... Is still one of the better teams in terms of rosters, and they and hire a lot of local. Yeah, and, and like for example, our fullback right now is Daniel Munoz. Daniel Munoz is a fullback playing in the Belgian league, and our other left back is William Tesillo, and I believe Tesillo is also playing in Belgium. Like for example, you're not going to find that many dudes that can yeah. say that. In our midfield, we have Mateus Uribe who plays in Mexico. You have Wilmar Barrios who plays in Argentina, and then in the attack. You have Muriel and Zapata, which, of course, both of them are playing in Italy along with Juan Cuadrado. But then you also have Edwin Cardona, who's been a larger piece. He's playing in Mexico. And you have Luis Diaz, who's been arguably Colombia's best player this tournament, and he plays at Porto. 
Well, look, like, the thing the, 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 interesting, the interesting thing is when you look at European football, oftentimes these international players are playing in the same domestic league, even if it's not in their country. So in Germany, <clears throat> a lot of their players play in the Bundesliga. Most of them have played in the Bundesliga. For Switzerland, most of the players have played in the Bundesliga, even if they're not in the Bundesliga. Italy, everyone's played in the Serie A. France, most of them have either played in La Liga or Ligue 1. They know the systems. South America, look at the different leagues these guys are playing in. Yeah. Does, so. it, have, it, does it have a positive effect or a negative effect, depending on how well they I think it has an interesting effect. That's what it's it is. Yeah. It, it, we, we would have to discuss this more at a World Cup, looking at a World Cup. Yeah. Because yeah. the European teams have been superior over the last, what, 15 years in terms of World Cup wins? When was the last time Brazil in 2002? I think the last time a Latin American team won the World Cup was uh, 2002. Which was Brazil. Which Brazil. was That Brazilian team, though, everyone was playing in the top. Yeah, European they had. Yeah. Like, that Brazil. was one of the craziest teams of all time. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, R9. so prediction. Did R9 play in that? R9, they had Ronaldinho. R9, Ronald. I mean, I know at one point they had Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Kaká. Roberto Carlos, all Rivaldo, Romario, like yeah. that's oh, yeah. a full icon team in FIFA. Yeah, literally. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, like it's been, it's great to talk about Copa America in this sense. But to stop, without, I don't want to stray away any further from the match let's at hand. Into, let's get, get into predictions. Here we go. It's arguably one of, you could arguably say that this is a more marquee matchup than the European Championship. Two of the most iconic teams globally, Argentina, Brazil, several World Cups between them. Brazil's got five. Argentina's got two. It's seven World Cups between them. That's mental as a whole. Mm-hmm. Two of the best nations in the world when it comes to the sport, playing in one of the scrappiest tournaments that I've gotten to witness. So much fun, so much energy, so much tenacity. And seeing how the Argentinian players are chirping, seeing how the Brazilian players were chirping as well. We literally saw Neymar say to all the Messi fans in Brazil, if you're rooting for Argentina because you want Messi to win and you're not rooting for Brazil, you can F off. Like he literally said that to his own people. That's how you know this game matters to everyone involved. So the question now becomes, how do you think this game is going to turn out? Both teams have had very, very good tournaments and both have been playing very, very well. I personally, I think that as tight as all these games have been, that's exactly what we're going to see again. I feel like it's going to be back and forth, lots of attacks. Like you said, a lot of quality all over the pitch. I feel like Brazil might be defensively more sound than Argentina. So Argentina needs to, you know, tighten up at the back. They need. I've been seeing that they're playing a three-back with the wing-backs these last couple games. Argentina, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So as long as they can, you know, counter properly, as long as Lautaro Martinez can, you know, have that confidence to keep up with Messi. And I hope Messi can really show himself because you got to feel... This Messi Ronaldo conversation, this argument of who is who is the goat, who is the who is better, it, it might it may come down to this. Yeah, they've won you know Ballon d'Ors here and there, and they've won Champions Leagues, and they've won here all and that. there. You know, just to hold down yeah. ten, fifteen years, just here and there. <laughs> yeah, though. dominating the sport for so long, but it'll come down to this. You know, Ronaldo won in twenty sixteen with Portugal in that uh, with the Euro, uh, in the Euros. Messi is yet to have an international trophy. And this may be his final chance at a prime, like him in his prime. Guitar's coming up, but you know, how, how well would this Argentina? Argentina's not winning the World Cup. 
Watts. <laughs> I'm, well, and so this is his only chance. I, I, I think that Argentina can do it. I think Messi, it's Messi's time to clutch up. Neymar, you know, I wouldn't really say he's in his prime considering the years that he's had with PSG, always in the shadow of uh, Mbappe and then prior to that me- uh, Messi. But I'm going to have to go with Argentina on this one. I hope they win. I think they will. Messi's turned up for them this tournament. He's looking lively. I think they're going to take it. I'm going to go the opposite direction. Brazil, the Copa America is in Brazil. If you've watched the Copa America, you've seen how it's went for Brazil. Um, yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very not, familiar I'm, with it. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but um, Messi's going to have to turn into like um, pre-tattoo, long hair, younger Messi where he was like dragging seven La Liga defenders on his back to score goals for them to win this game because um as as quality as Argentina is Brazil is gonna throw everything at Messi you're gonna see some tackles that you probably don't want to see like last last, look at just look at I want you to look at South American football just look at the amount of red cards there are in games Look at the amount of red cards and yellow cards and fouls there are in games, and then compare that to other international um, uh, confederations. It's extremely high. They're going to throw every – like Messi – Messi's going to have to – Messi is going to have to leave there with bruises on his body win that game. So I'm taking Brazil as much as I want to see Argentina win. Uh, maybe a Messi set piece is what's going to have to do it because – it's going to be extremely challenging when there's like six guys on Messi to score a goal. You know, the, the rest of the Argentinians are going to have to step up big time, specifically Angel Di Maria, because he has the quality. Oh, he's not starting for them. He's off the bench. He's been off the bench this whole tournament. Yeah, I know he's been off the bench, but that's kind of good when you when you can take him off the bench, have a guy that good off the bench who can walk three, four players at one time. Because he played really good uh, at the end of that Columbia game. Yeah, he was he was all over the place against Colombia. For them, it was very very good towards the end of that. My prediction for this game: everyone's obviously going to be talking about Messi. Of course, they're going to be talking about Messi. He's the marquee guy in Argentina, for Christ's sake. Like that's it's Messi. But having watched this Argentina team, I disagree with Alex's point that they can't win the World Cup. I think they could, and the reason why I say that is because this year specifically, they're doing this one thing that I haven't seen Argentina do since like the 2010 world cup since before messi became messi they're playing like a team they're playing like a unit they're playing together marcos acuña on the left hand side running up and down on the left back position he's going up and down he's linking up a large chunk of the play and they've had this midfield triangle the past couple of games i don't think uh paredes played against colombia until towards the end but when he came in he was class they're playing with a midfield triangle with Paredes in the middle, playing that aggressor role defensively, kind of being um, a pivot, so to say, for this Argentina team in the middle. And then in front of him have been two guys that have had ridiculous tournaments. They've been really good in guys of Rodrigo De Paul of Udinese. He's been really good this tournament, and he should get a big move soon. And Giovanni Lachelso, who has been insane for Argentina. They're not relying solely on Messi anymore. Obviously, Messi's their best player, but the way that you've seen Messi play with this team Messi isn't the focal point. Messi is an addition to the unit. Messi's the best player. You have to guard Messi, but you can't just do what you used to do and just put two dudes to man mark Messi the entire game and just hope that works because Argentina no longer fits that style anymore. They play as a unit. This Brazil team, though, is Brazil. They 
they play one of the most beautiful brands of football at the moment, which is hilarious considering all I've said about the South American market and how scrappy it is sometimes. But Brazil, the way that they just touch their way around everything, the way that they just distribute the ball has been classed this tournament. So with that being said, though, I think compared to Europe, which and with the World Cup, you don't really see many finals go to pens. In Copa America, I'm, you didn't see 2019 go to pens, but before that, you saw 2016 go to pens, you saw 2015 go to pens, you saw 2011 go to pens. Copa America goes to pens in the final very often. So with that being said, I think this is going to go into a penalty shootout, and we're going to have to see Messi face off against the penalty spot once more. He had his glorious choke, in a sense, against Chile in, in 2015, right. which was the very, very well documented. So the question becomes, is, is Messi going to choke it or not but if i'm going to keep it a buck i don't think the penalty trend is going to continue against argentina i think brazil they're not a big penalty shootout team and i really do feel like argentina is going to get it done also copa america can go to extra time in the final yeah unlike the semifinals and the quarterfinals so that's why there's been so many penalty shootouts already so uh an extra 30 minutes too you know who knows oh i'm I'm referring to comparison yeah i know i know i know I'm just like letting weird. the viewers know that I've watched so far, at least. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. That, that's that's a weird setup, especially with how Copa America is. Like, why is there no extra time unless it's in the final? Who knows? But it, it certainly adds a spectacle because it's like you in the 90 or you have to go to, as they say in Spanish, la pena maxima. And it's just like, just how it is. You know, it's, it's, it's a spectacle in the end. But for me... Argentina, they look solid in the penalty shootout. Emmy Martinez finally showed everyone. He pulled the ace from out of his sleeve. I've known it for a while because I've seen him in games from time to time, save penalties and everything. Emmy Martinez is one of the best goalkeepers when it comes to penalty saves. Guessed three times against Colombia. Very, very good goalkeeper. And I really do think Argentina is going to finally bring that trophy home. They're playing a different style. They're playing a complementary style to Messi, not a reliant style with Messi. And Brazil have just not looked the best against opposition. I think Argentina is going to pounce, especially after having to face a Colombia team that gave so much trouble to Brazil. And I think they're going to win it on penalty kicks. And Messi's finally going to have that trophy to lift up. All righty then. So I guess that wraps up our uh, review of the semifinals from the Euro and the Copa America. Thank you, Julian, for leading that Copa America review. And thanks, Alex, for joining us because uh, we missed you last week. So we got two big finals. You know, the tournaments are wrapping up. Summer is about to get real boring. As I mentioned last week, <laughs> catch the Argentina, uh, Argentina-Brazil game at 8 p.m. as well. And then we're ending it off at 3 p.m. on Sunday with the Euro final. We'll see how it is. Thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace.